Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, I welcome back James Olivia, and we speak about how the mind can relate to the body as a sovereign being. It, it feels infinitely more compassionate for myself and for the other. Like it's responsible for myself. I can take care of myself in this. And if somebody doesn't have capacity, that's not a character flaw. And that's not, it's not unkind of them. It's just the sovereignty of their body. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply. Listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. I'm on this ever 
expanding uh, journey of understanding. Mm -hmm. See, I just used that word that actually isn't true for me right now. Of experiencing how the body is a sovereign being, how it does so much more than I could ever dream of doing. I mean, converting a beta carotene from a carrot into forms of vitamin A and different compounds to heal internal wounds. I mean, that's incredible. That's something my body does. So I, I don't know how we can understand that piece of our bodies and then just discredit that in terms of anxiety or low capacity or overwhelm or trauma. Those are also things our bodies do. What I'm learning more and more is how our minds and a practice of self-inquiry, which essentially is questioning parts of yourself and your thoughts, how having that practice allows us to uh, relate to these parts of our bodies that we don't control. Can I relate to the skin rash? Can I relate to the anger? Can I relate to the sensations of panic? It's really quite profound. The more we practice this self-inquiry as a way of relating, not just to our thoughts, but to our body, we create this beautiful ongoing relationship between body and mind. And there's a, a nuance in there even. When I say between body and mind, I also really mean a relationship between us and our minds and us and our bodies. But what's the us? What's the I when I say I? The I is being spoken from the witnesser, the energy that is seeing this ex living experience. It's feeling my fingers when they rub together, that sees the images in my mind's eye, that hears the thoughts. There's something beyond my mind even because I'm able to witness it. And I find that both psychedelic and really soothing that I'm in constant relationship and connection with this huge life force that sees all of this experience, this thing that I don't even have words for beyond human understanding, I believe. So as we practice self-inquiry and we practice somatic embodiment therapies and techniques and exercises, and eventually it becomes a way of life, we really start to notice the witnesser, me, the conscious energy, and the thoughts as different, and me and the conscious energy and the body as different. They're not all the same. However, they do work together and relate to one another. So if my body is in a panic attack, my mind has the ability and my conscious energy to relate to the panic attack, to sit with it, to soothe it, to just watch it unfold, or to add to the panic, to bring in images that are terrifying or imagine the worst. That's what our mind does with our body. When that conscious energy is in relationship to mind and in relationship to body, it gets to soothe and kind of work with both. It gets to say, oh, you're feeling a lot in your chest. Okay, mind, I see there's a scary thought there and there's a nice thought. Let's bring that nice thought in for the chest. And you become this incredible kind of like couples therapist for your mind and your body.
So I wanted to have James Olivia Hillman back on because I just I just love them as a human and I love their works so, so, so much. Just some of the most beautiful, sincere, gentle questions that go really deep. Um, you can find them at inquisitive underscore human through Instagram. Um, and I believe their website is the same. I'm going to check right now before I say so. Um, let's see right here. Yes, inquisitivehuman.com. So there's no underscore. It's just inquisitivehuman.com. But I mean, when you see their face and you listen to their words and you read their writings, you'll feel it too in your body. It's it's pretty beautiful. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy. I'm going to be opening up the membership in a few weeks. It opens the first week of February. It's only open to anyone who's taken my course or worked with me because I find it really important to create a container um, with a common language so we are able to relate safely with one another and, and have the techniques and the practices under our belts. So those of you who have been in my courses or are signed up for the next course, you'll have an opportunity to join this membership. And James Olivia is gracing us with their presence in April, which I'm so excited for. So um, without further ado, let's just get into the episode. Here we go. I want to welcome James Olivia back to my podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Right before I hit record, um, they and I were talking just about, I love what you just said, not having to be ready. You know, um, James Olivia was crying a bit because of a loss or situation that occurred. However yeah. you want to, I'll let you tell us, like, what are you feeling right now? Um. Our family had a, a really big loss and it's fresh and I cry a lot anyway. I mean, that's not a, it's not a new thing. Um, but this one's, these are big cries. I don't think I've had a cry like this in a decade at least. So, And it's good to be here. So both things are true. Yeah. I think it's so important that we can, we can be where we are. You know, you're allowed to cry here as much as you want to need, need to is beyond one, just like whatever comes through. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that my tears care whether or not I'm allowed to, they're coming regardless. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> you, have, you have good, you have a good body. <laughs> I, I think you do, you know, it's right before we got on here, I was thinking of how you, um, often in your work, it says like nurturing disobedience. Yeah. And I mean, to me, this is actually what nurturing disobedience looks like because yeah. um, culturally there's this reflexive constriction when we have emotional expression. Yeah. So the fact that that's not happening for you is really beautiful for me. Yeah. I don't always like it and I'm growing more and more comfortable with it. The, the less and less I try and, um, imagine that I have any control over it <laughs> yeah the less the less restriction I put on myself the easier it is for me but it's yeah I was sobbing in the airport it was <laughs> I was I've never been so happy to wear a mask <laughs> um just because my whole face was contorted in the ugly cry oh yeah <laughs> <in the airport. laughs> I was just so grateful I was like oh 
at least nobody can see my mouth twisting up like this. <laughs> I find I find crying so gorgeous, you know, like <laughs> like it's interesting. I'm I'm just trying to think of for myself. Like I'm a I'm a really big crier like when I'm moved by something, right? Like Same. So if I see someone telling the truth for the first time, you know, yeah. like I just like, like I can't hold yeah. it back. And I, for a long time, I kind of trained myself to, to not cry because I'm quote the therapist, you know, and in the last few years, I've been dismantling that position even more into like an educator and a facilitator. So it can be more yeah. like equal, equal footing. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have these groups sometimes and people will be telling these truths and the tears are just flowing out of my eyes. And the only thing I really do is mute so I can blow my nose. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not like sounding over them in their profound moment, but it's, it's really nice to let yourself just be there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, nice. <clears throat> Not always for me. And also, um, it's just less internal conflict and contortion. Like, and I get through it a lot more easily. Like I, I, Ben and I woke up this morning and we looked at each other and asked, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? And we both said, I think the big tears are over. Like the big, just gut-wrenching like heart-shredded tears have passed because we both just let it come over us see i find i find crying in response to grief so interesting um because for for me grief is always love it's just to me there's no different it's just right a different mechanism um and when i think of it somatically if i I love you, or I love an animal, or I love a tree. There's this extension of of hugging or projecting that at the said object or person or being. Mm-hmm. And it, it's soothing, isn't it? It's like the overwhelm mm-hmm. of love. We get a break from it when we have the person there to call or imagine is there. It's just knowing they, they exist even. Yeah. And then when they they leave this form and they're not physically there to to throw our love at it's like we're stuck with all of our love and i find it so overwhelming um that's how i experience grief yeah that's that is what it has been feeling like and it's so it's so fresh this is like less than 48 hours so i'm not necessarily speaking intelligibly about it but i was telling you right before we hit record this little cat showed up on our doorstep last night in the, it, it was a snowstorm. It wasn't like we were out looking for a, like here, come and be the recipient of our love. Let's impose our love on you. But, <laughs> but it was, a, it's been a snowstorm upstate New York. And this cat was just meowing incessantly under our window. And I've never heard this before, probably because Lucy would chase them away um, ferociously. But it was just meowing and meowing and just crying. It was just crying for what felt like hours. I don't think we would have left a cat outside in a snowstorm for hours, but it felt like too long. And it just jumped into our house when we opened the door and was the friendliest, sweetest. It was just like, here, I will, I will come and soothe you for this evening, for this full moon in Cancer. 
<laughs> and then take off. And so it took off this morning. Like Ben opened the door and it was just like, all right, see us. No storm's over. I'm good. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. It's, I can't even like, I, I don't think that I could have requested something like this on purpose. You know, one thing I, I'm always talking about is how there's support everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to see that, you know, when you're in the trenches of grief or anger or pain. Yeah. But there, there is all this like, and that's what's so great about being, um, having an animistic lens is you get to yeah. look at all the places that love you. And yeah. that cat was one of the, one of the beings I was able to come in and, and receive and give and co-regulate and all, all these beautiful mm -hmm. things. Yeah. It's, and I'm a moon in cancer. So I, I felt, I felt the moon <laughs> this week hard, <laughs> hardcore, hardcore. So I love the image of just this snowstorm. I'm also in upstate New York. I love this image of the moon out there. I saw the moon last night. It's just, I love this whole experience you got to have. Yeah. So do I. And in the midst of all of this, like my heart is just aching so much and there's so much beauty and mm. support. Mm. It's, it is astounding to me the way the universe works. It really is. It really is. And, and oh, I think, I think I'm learning more and more every day that I don't have to understand it. You know, there, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why, that's why what, a actually, relief. What, what fucking relief. <laughs> and it's actually, it's why I wanted to have you here, you know, specifically for today was mm -hmm. to like, what happens when we release our understanding, you know, and we're just in it. Yeah. Um. Oh, was that the question? I hope I don't have to answer that one. <laughs> no, 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 not, not a question. For you. Well, I thought actually maybe I could, um, I wanted to read your inquiry that you posted a, a little while back in December yeah. that, that really inspired me. And I did a podcast episode and featured it. You gave me permission. I read your, your post and I just wanted to read just the simple question you, you posted and I, I wanted to kind of just kind of sit in it together and see where it takes us, you know? Um, you wrote, where do I abandon the body and grasp at supremacy of the mind? And I just thought it was such a great way to ask the question. And I just yeah. want to know what that even, even right now, maybe during this situation, like what does that mean to you? Um, well, Supremacy, I, I mean, I think of relationship and right relationship through the lens of supremacy culture a lot uh, because that's the dominant over culture that we inhabit together for the most part. Um, and it doesn't work very well for creating right relationship. It's not very easeful and there's not very much flow of, of the love and the care and the support. Um, and the experience, just like having, having an experience and being in it. Um, and a lot of this inquiry actually came out of the six week course with you. Uh, I think the first time I heard the word embodiment, I was like, ew, no, thanks. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I do not want this experience. <laughs> I don't know how many years ago it was. Um, 
but I was like, oh, somatics. You mean I have to feel this thing below my neck? Like there's a lot going on there and I don't really want any. <laughs> like it's been a long time since this felt really um, joyful. Like I'm either going for satisfaction or pleasure or avoiding pain, but just being in the experience and, and knowing like in this incarnation, this is how I experience, this is how I interface with the world. This is how my spirit gets to navigate this plane. And if I'm not in it, I miss not everything. I still have my, my brains, my wits are, you know, grief brain, not okay. But for the most part, I'm, I'm really pleased with my brain and how it works. And I rely on it a lot. I rely on my mind quite a bit. And it doesn't always tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always tell me the truth of my experience. And it's very, very busy trying to make sense of things. And it likes certainty and it likes control. And supremacy culture likes certainty and it likes control. And when my brain is running amok, trying to control the experience of my body, it's not really relating. I'm not really in right relationship with my own self. There's a misalignment. Information is seemingly going only one way. It's not really, but the brain's not listening. Like the mind, the mind's not listening to the body. Um, and my, my body tells me really, really important information. Had I not in this last two days surrendered to the tears I would have missed so much of the love. It would be pain without purpose for me. And when I just let my body feel what it was feeling, which was painful, it also felt very expansive. Mm-hmm. Like so much of the time when my, when my heart feels broken or my feelings are hurt, I get very constricted. And I hold a lot of tension in my body. I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to it telling me no for a lot of things leading up to an event or a rupture. Um, and I find that the more I listen, the more I just be with myself in my body. And it's, I mean, these are baby steps. I just took your course last, like in what, October? Mm-hmm. So this is only months ago and not that I was not ever paying attention before then, but that there was an event in September and I, it sat me down and I, that's when I DM'd you and I'm like, please tell me, I know registration's closed. Please tell me there's one more seat I can have. <laughs> I must be paying attention. Um, but yeah, supremacy of the mind for me takes me out of the experience of being alive. Mm-hmm. it's very tidy, but I miss, I miss the experience of being alive and I miss a lot of the love. That's a lot. You know, I'm just kind of sitting with that. It's so profound. Um, I love when you said, I'm going to say it the way I heard it. Yeah. You know, um, you said something essentially like, See, this is so funny. This is right. It's happening right here. 
my mind <laughs> is, try, <laughs> is trying to grasp at what I call reality, which is what you said. And I'm losing the feelings I had, you know? So it's it's like if I just sit with the feelings first, it's just this beautiful, warm, opening sensation all through my body, like coming from my chest and heart area, just over my shoulders and down my belly and my legs. And it just feels so gooey. And like, mm-hmm. ah, I know, like, I know that. Like there's a familiar kind of core sensation. And what I heard you say was... Um, I'm not relating when I'm grasping at the mind. I'm not relating. Literally, I just experienced that, you know, these sensations are me relating to you as I look into your eyes through the screen and I hear you talk about your experience and I feel it. It's like my physical body, the animal of my body, that neck down, you were that that creature from the neck down (laughs) that that we avoid. Um, It's like, it starts to express and unfurl. It feels like a blossoming, you know, like just like a flower. It really does feel that way. And then when I'm going to my mind to try to figure it out or organize it or get like you said, like specific predictable control, which is again, the, the colonization of the psyche in and of itself, yeah. I'm losing the sensations go kind of gray. They just kind of, mm-hmm. they're gone. They're offline. And I just find that so profound to express and experience that difference of when does my mind or the focus or grasping, like I loved your term, grasping my mind, pull me out of feeling in my body. And I don't, I don't think it's in the best case scenario for me. My best experience is it's not either or it's when one when it is either or, and it's like, oh, the supremacy of one or the other. Um, That's when I lose, because I don't want to lose, literally, I do not want to lose my mind either. No, (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) I like this thing. It's so much fun. I have so much fun in there. Um, And I want, I'm I'm going to quote my my friend Katie. She says, I'm a greedy little self. I want everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's actually very important you're saying this because it's not about body supremacy either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not about like supremacy is supremacy and it, it creates imbalance either way you go. And I think um, I've worked in, and been the kind of person that um, suffered from hypochondriasis, you know, for many years when I was younger. And that was literally being ruled by every sensation in my body. I didn't have the mind to even soothe the body. It was gone. It was just dropped into this terrifying sensation of the nervous system. That was all. And then I've also dissociated and left the, dissociated from the body, I should say, and left the body and just Mm -hmm. was in the mind while my body was kind of screaming for me. So when you say relationship, I think it's the perfect expression because the mind, as I see it, relates to the body and the body relates to the mind it's this constant back and forth which is actually quite spiritual you know i guess when you philosophize it because you realize i'm not the body i'm witnessing the body but i feel the body it's such a strange relationship but it is a relationship uh how do you feel that how do you witness or experience the body as like a being other than you do you even 
um, I'm, this is new for me. And I'm also doing the same thing with the mind, like with my thoughts. So when thoughts are, because I have all kinds of thoughts that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm judging them. Like I don't hate them as in like, that's a terrible thought, but that I don't enjoy. They're not pleasurable thoughts. Um, And so both the mind and the body for me now, I'm just like, okay, so that's doing a thing. so that's happening right now um i i was actually just telling my friend amanda this the other day we were visiting each other i don't know if you or anybody who's listening watched the show firefly it's a it's a sci-fi show and it's just delightful. It was a very short one season show. Um, and the characters were really, really sweet. Um, and there's a birth scene and in, in a birth scene, one of the characters is basically acting as the doula for this, um, this person giving birth. And she says, and the person giving birth is just in agony and the the person acting as doula says it's this is just a moment all you have to do is get out of the way and let it pass Mm. and sometimes there are moments because I do have a lot of sensations um I, I don't I attribute some of it to being on the autism spectrum that things are very heightened for me and sometimes in ways that I really don't find pleasant. And so I talk myself through them. I'm like, okay, this is, this is part of the experience of having this body. And this is just a moment and you don't have to get in the way of it. Mm. See, even, even that, that phrasing, right? Like um, you don't have to get in the way of it. It just mm-hmm. keeps positioning this, experience or belief or whatever it is I'm so interested in that it is not me you know it's something that I'm experiencing it's something I connect with right like but the I is whatever the energy the witnesser but there's something I connect with and you can't help that this body you're in experiences overwhelm from certain sensations that's something very mm-hmm. sovereign about your body yeah I just find it amazing to drop into that, you know, like the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So this is, you said this thing in your class, the sovereignty of the body. And that phrase has stuck with me. It carries over. I took a grief literacy class with being here human last year as well. I really, really love their work too. And I learned this thing about grief. And I'm so glad I know this now today that the body is metabolizing loss Mm. and you don't get a say it's going to do what it's going to do. You just like you eat a pizza and you don't really get a say about what your stomach is up to as you're digesting this, this food Um, or you gestate a a fetus you don't get a lot of like 
your body is doing things to take care of you, to metabolize, to generate, to do what, to restore itself, to do whatever it does to rest. And there's, I know that we get a lot of say in how we experience something like the meaning we make of it and, and how much suffering or pleasure we attach to it. But the body's just doing shit on its own. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I don't get a say in what this thing is up to most of the time. I get to move it around. I get to nourish it. I'm, I am responsible for stewarding it, but I don't control it. I mean, that's so, that's where it is for me. You know what you just said? It's, it's like, it's doing shit all the time that I don't have a say in. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's such a medicine, you know, that that phrase and uh, practicing that because it changes the entire game of life. You know, and that's what happened for me when I realized that it changed the whole game of life because all the shame dissipated, um, the, the the pressure around controlling parts of me or identifying with parts of me, it all just kind of just fell because it just became so true. I couldn't stop seeing it as, oh, it's doing its own thing. I have nothing to do with this thing it's doing. I have everything to do with how I relate to the thing it's doing. But the thing it's doing is the thing it is doing. And imagine, yeah. right, like culturally, um, to to grasp at that or to release the grasp of the other. Yeah. Yeah. And breathing. I, I don't know if you even want to get started with breathing, but I'm so <laughs> fascinated. <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. By the fact that I get to breathe myself, but I don't have to. believe me (laughs) breathe me i completely get it it's it's so it's so it's so far out i mean there's times i'm sitting here when i'm very embodied and i just i feel the air moving through my nose in through my skull and i'm like what this is so trippy you know this is like the most virtual reality experience i could ever imagine you know it's it's so intense and i'm not doing it I'm just, it's doing it to me. It's moving through me. It's like Unless hair. I am. Unless, <laughs> Unless you, well, I am doing it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's right. the thing with breath. It's so wild. It's like one of the things that, oh, I get to actually do this on purpose if I want to. Mm-hmm. In the way that I want to. Breath is actually a great, um, a great example here because of its autonomy. And then mm-hmm. there's also the how do I relate to it? You know, like it's going to breathe its own way. Many people, when they're in a doing this kind of embodiment work or somatic work, and you say, what's your breath like? They didn't even notice that the breath was labored. You know, the breath, the body was doing that. And then they're yeah. like, oh, I can relate to that labored breath. I can make it go a little deeper. What is that like? You know, it, that's really what we're doing, isn't it? Noticing and then relating. How does that intersect for you with 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 self inquiry, which is so mind based? Oh, this might sound a little wild. Um, so my friend and I 
had a a wonderful lesson with some golden teacher mushrooms this past weekend. And so everything's a little expanded for me in a way that it wasn't a week ago. That with back-to-back gigantic loss, um, I don't know if the timing could have been any better. Um, Self-inquiry for me isn't just an end unto itself. It's actually a means to loving more expansively. So the questions for me are a way for me to peel back the curtain of my own mind. Like what's in the way here? Um, and normally my, my questions are about how I'm relating to myself and the world and to other people and what's getting in the way of right relationship. I say that I can go back through my Instagram. That may or may not be true. We'll find out. <laughs> Everyone here is, is invited to go check right now. <laughs> fact check me. Go fact check them. <laughs> well, so when you say that, I, I find that interesting. That it's a way to pull back the curtain to see, you know, what's what's in the way of me relating, right? Like what's getting mm-hmm. in the way of this relationship that could be, that could be, or that is without this. Do you find that? For you, a lot of the blocks of relating comes from thoughts you haven't questioned yet. Are they unconscious? What is that like for you? Off the top of my head, I want to say 100% of the time. That may or may not be true. <laughs> um, my One of my biggest teaching experiences, like teaching me experiences, not me teaching, is my relationship with Ben, like living with this other person. Um, and also my relationship with Lucy, actually, she, my dog who just passed, she has taught me more about unconditional love in the last five years than I think any, any other relationship in my life in a concentrated period of time like that, but she didn't speak English. So Ben is the one who gets to reflect back to me what I'm up to most of the time. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, and I like to think that my questions can be, um, somewhat sophisticated, but he'll just put things in my face pretty bluntly. Like, um, I'm trying to think of things that he's asked me. Like he has straight up asked me stuff about how I'm relating to him. Like, don't you see the domination in this? And I'll just mm-hmm. be like, <laughs> 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 You wound me, (laughs) but it's true. Like he will, he will absolutely call me out on stuff that, that doesn't feel good to him. Mm. And he'll, he'll put it into words and just say like, this is, this is a thing that I'm seeing. It doesn't feel good to me. How does it feel to you? I'll be like, oh, wow. It felt really crappy when I said that. And I wasn't sure what I was up to. Well, isn't your whole practice of self-inquiry giving you the muscle memory of like, maybe I should question this? Because mm-hmm. if you never do self-inquiry, you just believe everything you think. I know I did, yeah. I should say. So, <laughs> <laughs> But then when you're doing that and then someone says like, whoa, what you said was really hurtful. You're not like reflexively. No, I'm not. You asshole. You're kind of like, was what I said hurtful? How do I feel about what I said? You just go into questioning, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you asked about sort of how, how the mind and body are 
um, relating to each other here. It's getting faster. In fact, so Ben and I have been together for seven years now. It's becoming a quicker turnaround so that things that he's pointed out before, now I can recognize the same sensation in my body. And I can look at him and, and I can ask him first, like, how did that feel to you? Because it felt hinky to me mm. when, it, when it came out of my mouth. What was that like? And he'll say, oh, yeah, I didn't really like it very much. It's not something he would have necessarily said anything about, but he'll say, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked. It didn't feel wonderful. And I'll say, okay, yeah, I can see that. I was up to some shit. Mm. Um, like in little ways that I try and, you know, manipulate or, or dominate mm. or control like to get what I want rather than just asking. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it's so simply. <laughs> I could just ask, but maybe I'm going to manipulate a little bit to get there. <laughs> but yeah, just these habituated manipulations and rather than like, hey, I want a thing. And th these are the thoughts too. Like, I'm not allowed to want that thing. I'm not yes. allowed to, I'm not allowed to just sit here on the couch and want you to get up off the couch and get me a cup of water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that's selfish and lazy and, you know, whatever, like I can place all kinds of judgments on it. And these are the thoughts. And when I'm like, oh, if I don't have any of those judgments around that, and I just ask, are you willing? Then if he says, no, I'm not a bad person for having asked, he just wasn't willing. And that's mm -hmm. that. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, I, I have this similar experience. And if I don't do that first in my mind, then I'm being run by my own guilt and I'm passive aggressive or manipulative, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, because I've already decided yeah. that I'm bad or they're bad, you know, whoever I'm with. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying here is a great example right. of why embodiment is so powerful as a relationship to the mind. Because those sensations, like you said, is the turnaround's quicker for you now. And mm -hmm. I find the same thing because I have my body now. Because now my body shows me sensationally when my mind is off. Whereas yeah. if I didn't have that before. I didn't have this like added tool to say a barometer of sensation right yeah yeah such a wake-up call for me like the sensation it's like an alarm yeah alarm is a really good word for it it does feel alarming sometimes <laughs> like those old alarms that that shake off the counter they're really loud you know you get that yeah. panic through your body so when you really drop into that it's like something lights up because it wants you to yeah. see it. Yeah, I, I noticed this. So that's with the little things. That's like, oh, I said a little thing that didn't feel very good for either of us. I was up to something or, you know, whatever. And with the bigger things, when I'm, when I'm in an active conflict or I'm in, you know, active judgment of someone else, I'm projecting my crap all over and all over this person. And, you know, my judgments have their name all over it. Mm-hmm. Self-righteousness is one of my, it's just one of my favorite things. It's like <laughs> so satisfying to be right about everything. <laughs> and my body doesn't like for me to be in self-deception in that way. And it's easy. It's easy to override it for me. I have many, many decades of practice. So self-deceptions, they go totally easy tool for me. And if I'm actually listening, my body's like, 
it wouldn't hurt this much if you just dropped the load. Mm. Mm. That's so important to me because when we talk about the mind and we think of ego or we think Mm -hmm. of trauma ego or all these things that run us mentally, they're beyond the physical realm. They they don't have boundaries because there's no physical thing to hit or feel or or rub up against. So they can really believe, I love dominating. They can actually believe they like to dominate. Uh Yet when there's a relationship to the body, no body actually likes to dominate. It's like, even when you you study, you know, people who are actually psychotic, they, they experience like a neurological condition where they can't even feel the sensation of remorse. So if they could, they wouldn't be able to do what they were doing. So I find it so interesting that, we notice we don't actually like to dominate. It's quite stressful and painful. Yeah. Yeah. Self-righteousness actually physically feels pretty horrible. Yes. And, and I don't use the word acceptance very often, but I'm going to use it for, you know, for sloppy ease right now. But, (laughs) but acceptance has a, has a physically peaceful sensation to it. This is something I'm learning recently. <laughs> mm. Even you saying that, my breath went so deep because it really does. It's like, and I find it interesting. The I find time very interesting and disorienting because um, acceptance is like a second by second experience. You know, for me, it's not this thing of like I have to accept the world. You know, there's ideas of what we're supposed to accept. But it's like, can I just accept sitting here right now with like the saliva in my mouth and my water there, <laughs> you on the screen and this, if I could just start here, you know, then I build capacity for the next second to accept something. And it's kind of like yeah. a second by second approach I find when I'm doing yeah. it in a way that feels good. Yeah, this is just a moment. Yeah, that's how I, I felt getting getting on this call with you knowing that um knowing that you would understand and probably offer rescheduling I was like we could just be here mm. and now I'm having a great time like <laughs> the the grief doesn't go anywhere and it's I'm not fighting against it and I wasn't judging myself like I need to be different here with you like I could just be here that's right right and it's a lot more peaceful than judging myself for not not being some somewhere else in Mm. my process or not Mm. being a different way for our call just here here we are yes yes it it, and I, i i really really appreciate that um i find it so one of the reasons I love doing the work that I do is I get to create this like social culture for myself to hang out with every week. Yes. (laughs) Like the groups I do and the courses and this membership coming up, like I get to just be with people doing this. Mm -hmm. So it becomes so normal. And then when I'm in the world outside of this little bubble that I'm part of, I, I see the lengths we go to, to not show people we're feeling and yeah. it always shocks me back into reality of like, oh, that's not everyone's reality. They're allowed to just unencumberedly feel, just feel, you know? And yeah. so when I saw you feeling and you were willing to stay here, it was so nice to know that because 
sometimes we don't have the capacity to feel in front of someone else. We just don't have that capacity. And yeah. rescheduling's fine, but you did have it. And I thought that was so enlightening and beautiful for me. Yeah. And not everyone feels, and I'm going to use another word I don't use very often, but not everyone feels safe to do that with. Not that it's your responsibility to, you, you can't create the safety that's inside me. And also I would be less willing to share myself and my feelings with you knowing that they were unwelcome or that if you didn't have the capacity to be with me and, and were up to subtle things to try and change where I am for your own comfort. Mm. Um, I may have made a different decision, but I was talking to Ben before and I was like, Oh, it's Luis and I can just be, Mm. and I know that we'll both be okay. And it'll be a wonderful conversation no matter what. And, and he was like, it's amazing that you have created a world where people can just be with each other. Like, in, in these conversations that you have. So yeah, I've also created a similar bubble for myself and the airport and the airplane were not that bubble. <laughs> and that was just a wild experience. <laughs> I, can, I can really imagine that right now. I, I was supposed to fly to Atlanta, Georgia um, mm-hmm. this last weekend. Uh, and I was standing in, my daughter had to get a PCR test to go back to school. Mm-hmm. We were standing in this long line and there were all these people in this clinic and I suddenly felt this feeling in my body that was like, you don't have capacity to get on a plane and go to Atlanta. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And it felt such a, like a relief to say, oh, I don't have the capacity for that. And yeah. so when you were just saying, if you're with someone who, like, I love how you said that because you, 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 it got a bit distilled. I like that. It started with, I don't feel safe for that person. And it ended with that person doesn't have capacity for my state. And I really think that's when we talk about safety or mm-hmm. this person feels good or I don't like this person. We're really talking about capacity. Yeah. And so it's a really smart move to say, oh, they don't have capacity for me. I'm not going to show up. That's a smart move, right? Versus like pushing through. It, it feels infinitely more compassionate for myself and for the other. Yes. Like it's responsible for myself. I can take care of myself in this. And if somebody doesn't have capacity that's not a character flaw and that's not, it's not unkind of them. It's just the sovereignty of their body. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I find most profound about body sovereignty is capacity is also up to the body. And it's like responding to my body's capacity eventually builds it, Mm -hmm. but it's still my body's capacity. I can't choose to be more loving if I don't have the energy to in that moment. And I can't force them to. And it's really beautiful to learn that, that you don't feel so, um, you don't feel like there's something you did wrong. You just realize, oh, okay, (laughs) we're all here together doing this thing and your body can't do it right now. I just realized my phone is wanting to shut itself down pretty soon. It, I didn't expect to be on my phone for this call. Um, how would you like to proceed knowing that I probably only have a couple minutes? I can plug in and come back. <laughs> I'd say your phone is really good because we're, we're actually at the end anyway. You know, I was just about to say how beautiful this has been. And I just love, I just love speaking with you and having you here. It's the second time I've ever spoken with you. And I just feel like I've known you for so long. So that's always really touching. Um, 
I'm just happy. I'm happy to have been with you today and that you came and shared with us. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us anything you want to say, anything you're doing that you want to promote or ask about. Or I'm just grateful. I'm in a, a place I don't know that I have a lot more to share, but to be able to speak gratitude into this moment feels really important. So thank you. Thank you for sharing conversation with me. Thank you for your work in the world. I, I appreciate you so much. Um, you have had a profound impact on Ben and you haven't even met him yet um, on me and the way that we relate to ourselves and each other. Um, it's, a, it's a gift. Thanks. I'm so moved by that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I'll be seeing you soon, okay? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, maybe before then, we'll have a little chat. It sounds wonderful. Thank you for this. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice... What's your body doing right now? Sit with it. Let it speak to you. And let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen. For all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. To learn more about my work, you can visit holisticlifenavigation.com and sign up for my mailing list. You'll receive a bi-weekly newsletter with specific monthly topics, free resources, and upcoming events. You can also follow me on Instagram. If you like my podcast, please leave a review and share. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give in to mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.